Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. A ho, ho, ho to you, Robin. A ho, ho, ho. Tis the season. Tis the season in many ways. And I have to say, the moon underwater, it's really pulled out all the stops. Talk the listeners through some of the festive accoutrements here uh, on display. Talk you, through the, talk you through the stops. Well, talk me through the stops that the moon underwater has pulled out in its interior. Oh, okay. Baubles. Yeah, but they're not any normal baubles, are they? They're huge. They they are absolutely enormous. I mean, the, it's just one big bauble that covers the entire pub. Yeah, it's more like a zorble. What's a zorble? It's like a bauble that's the size of a zorb. What's a zorb? One of those big clear plastic things you get in to roll around in on stag do's. Oh, like the Flaming Lips Man. Yes, just exactly... Well, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, interestingly, the bauble... The tree is inside the bauble... Yeah. And uh, it's sort of, you know how those big uh, bubbles that uh, you can you can get from those sort of big sort of rope things, you know, the big soap bubbles that people do. Oh, yeah. It's got that lovely iridescent sort of oil slick colour moving around it. It really does, yeah. It really does. Um, but what, what, talk, talk about these stockings that are hung <laughs> over the fire. Well, they're very small. They are tiny. <laughs> yes. What could you fit in them? They're just the sm- a mouse's stocking, really, aren't they? Well, I think what happens is, because um, it's not Father Christmas in the correct realm. Who Who is it, Robin, that, that visits all the houses? Oh, it's... It's part of Old Mother Pintmus. Pintmus, of course. Old Mother Pintmus, yeah. And I think what you get left in your tiny little stocking, which is sort of like the size of a stocking you might hang on a tree, yeah, like a tiny little uh, sort of ornament-sized one. I think um, Mother Pintmus just gives you your Christmas wish. That's right. Uh, but they are, they're Mary Poppins-esque, aren't they? There's a lot of stuff that can come out of a stocking. Oh, yeah, lots of, uh, sort of satsumas and pound coins. Nuts. Nuts, yeah. It's, a tradi- it's very traditional um, over here. No sort of PlayStations and that sort of thing. No. The, the lovely thing about our big external bauble is that is actually hanging on a bigger tree 
which is in the kind of bigger, vaster pub universe, and that keeps expanding out. You know. Yeah, it sort of you get a couple of the um, couple of the sort of branches of, of have come into the pub, yeah. but it's it's too huge. It's a bit like the you know in um, Terry Pratchett, the turtle that oh, yeah. everything's on the back of. Well, at Christmas here, pretty much the entire realm is on the back of an enormous Christmas tree. Um, but finally, what I wanted to um, mention was the mulled wine moat. Oh, yes, the motor, the moti. That goes around the bar. So when you stand at the bar here, there's there's like a sort of gutter, but that's not doing it justice because it's very much a sort of gold um, and very sort of ornately uh, decorated channel which flows through mulled wine all around the bar. So you can ladle it out. And if, you, if you're not into mulled wine, you just get the aroma as you lean into the bar, but do be careful with your elbows. Oh, yeah, and of course, the good thing is the, the gutter, the drain, has got those little kind of sieve things on you put in, in your sink uh, to stop all the cloves going down into the sewers. Yes, that's the last thing we'd want. And I have to say, the reason the moon underwater has gone to such such uh, ends is because it's our Christmas party, isn't it, Robin? Woo! And uh, you're wearing your Christmas hat. Yep. Uh, I'm wearing my uh, Christmas uh, gilet pants, yeah. and pants, yes, uh, here, well, it, it, under my trousers, here for the uh, Christmas party. And we have invited a very special guest, I have to say, uh, not to have favourites, but certainly uh, one of our favourite guests we've had on the Moon Underwater. And it's a delight uh, to welcome her back. And I don't know if you can see, Robin, the snow outside has formed, you know... Um, you know when a sort of uh, sports person maybe has an achievement and all the other players form like a, a human arch? Right. Yeah, well, the, the snow has formed a group of snowmen. Yeah. And they're, all, they're holding up their arms uh, into like an arch uh, for, for her to walk through. And if I'm not very much mistaken, a swirl in the falling flakes signifies that she is indeed coming through that arch and through the door, and we're delighted to welcome to the Moon Underwater Christmas Party, Emma Inch. Hello, Emma. Hello, hello. Always nice and cosy in here. Isn't it just? A lot of weird-looking snowmen outside. (laughs) Yeah, I've lost count of the amount of fires we've got going in here. Um, So you've got to pick your position so you don't get too hot. Um, but it's a it's a real pleasure to have you back here at the Moon Underwater. It's been oh, it's uh, a pleasure to be back. Thank you. It's been a while since uh, you came to create uh, your dream pub, and uh, we thought, who better to come and celebrate the festive season with us? Because what is Christmas if not a beer season? Really, exactly. It's the season of good beer. The season of good beer, and. Um, we're going to taste some. You've recommended some beers for us to try. I have. So we're going to be having a bit of a taste test. Yeah, mm. yeah. How do you feel about beer tastings in the day? Because as we record this, it is 1pm. How? So what are you going to do? Are you going to spit out the samples? Good Lord, no. <laughs> <laughs> of course not. <laughs> no, I think, I mean, I think Christmas, if there, if there is ever a time for daytime drinking, then it's, it's Christmas. Absolutely. Um, you know, it probably is the, the only time that I grab something maybe before seven o'clock in the morning once I've been up for two hours with my daughter opening presents. Um, but I think, I, do you know what? I'm a big fan of daytime drinking. Mm. I'm more of a fan of it than evening drinking. The older I get, the more I like settling in an afternoon in a pub and, you know, having a couple of pints in the cosy daytime with nobody else there, 
and uh, and then shuffling home from a tea and getting an early night. Nice. What do you do? How do you combat the slump then? I can't remember if we discussed this before, but do you not get a kind of slumping feeling around 5pm, 6pm after a daytime sesh? After, after you've left the pub, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think keep yourself hydrated. Mm. Eat carbohydrates. Always good advice. <laughs> Yeah. So, do you go like a water in between drinks if you're uh, if you're starting earlier? I do actually have a water already. Yeah. My first drink. Yeah, I do tend to have water. I mean, I'm when when I've I've done a lot of beer judging, and um, I was talking to somebody about this the other day actually about drinking during the day. Um, so I do some beer judging sometimes online, sometimes face to face, and we do often start nine or ten o'clock in the morning, kind of thing, and uh, and you may be then drinking all day kind of thing so you've got to pace yourself somehow so yeah water mm. the odd cracker yeah not christmas oh that sounded more festive than i intended <laughs> what i meant was like a you know like a jacob's yeah. jacob's cracker yeah you know? yeah <laughs> a cream cracker i often think it must be very strange for people who are judging food stuff on tv mm. so when i'm watching like great british menu i always think they're probably eating this sort of beef bourguignon or this uh, lamb chop at sort of 10 in the morning. Yeah. And then they might be having pudding, then they might be having a fish course in the afternoon. You must really have to sort of, I don't know how how they do it. Didn't we talk about that with Ed Gamble? I can't remember now. <laughs> I can't remember. The, the memories shift ever so. They really do, don't they? Um, so what's a, what's a traditional uh, inch household Christmas? Well, it's, uh, it, you know, I have a, a daughter who's just, she's just turned 10, actually, so... It's an early morning, always an early morning. Um, presents immediately. We're not uh, we're not middle class enough to wait for our presents. Well, know. I think ten <laughs> is it's got to be absolute peak age because yeah, mm. sort of six seven you start to really get into the um, the sort of all the mythology of Christmas. But ten, you you're adding to that just almost uncontainable excitement about the presence. <laughs> Absolutely. And she's she's at the age as well where I sort of realised yesterday we put our tree up very late because I, I wasn't very well and then we were having a new kitchen fitted. Everything was in disruption. So um, we only put our tree up yesterday and, and I've noticed that she's very... Um, sort of very keen on the Christmas traditions that we've formed oh, now, nice. which I sort of hadn't realised those traditions that you kind of... you kind of bed in over time and... There was a discussion about moving the Christmas tree to the dining room, and it was, you know, you'd think that I had suggested taking all her toys away. <laughs> you know, it was, it was no, the tree always goes here; it has to go here, and and that's kind of, I think that's the first time I've kind of noticed that that sort of, oh yeah, we've created these things that we now have to keep doing because that's part of the part of the magic, isn't it? The kind of repeating things every year that you don't do any other time dragging a dead tree into the house <laughs> and i take it because she's 10 she's she's still a believer um as yeah yeah i mean well i'm in two minds okay i don't know she's agnostic I, don't, you know. I think so yeah i mean it's it's a funny one isn't it because you know sorry i'm talking about father christmas by the way not yeah. I, I, just in case <laughs> that wasn't clear we're just going to be not talking about, about the baby jesus <laughs> yeah. no um uh yeah so i i, I feel I, we've my partner and i've really struggled with with this whole thing because we don't sort of actively lie to her about anything else. I mean, we're not, we don't share adult concerns with her kind of thing, but we don't actually tell lies about guys. What, what on earth are you talking about? 
I'm starting to feel rather uncomfortable with this conversation, and I'm, I'm not sure why. I know, I know. I, I think it, we're talking about mulled wine. Mm. Mulled wine, yeah. Um, yeah. I think there is a period where you perhaps allow yourself to continue to believe, yeah, and perhaps don't listen to certain voices in the back of your mind. I think so. And that's that's something I have managed to maintain until the age of 40. <laughs> I've heard um, a quite a f- this a few times, I think it might have been on Parenting Hell as well, about other new parents who obviously wanted to maintain the Santa Claus mm. illusion, but also felt whoa, whoa, deeply... Whoa, 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 whoa. Well, that's yeah. a strong turn of phrase. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> Keep up the... Traditions. Traditions of... The San- of Santa Claus, and um, but also felt kind of uncomfortable about lying as well, like you say. Yeah. But I think, I mean, there was no way we weren't going to do it. Yeah. And even now, as those, I think you're right, John, that sort of, um, I think she's in that time where she's questioning, but also happy to go along with it. And, and that, I think, is wonderful because whatever else, I think there is some magic at Christmas, or there can be some magic at Christmas, whatever we believe or don't believe in. Um, I think it comes from people themselves, uh, but I think there is something there. And if we call that Father Christmas, then brilliant. Let's call it Father Christmas. Well, I think there's something, and this goes, this ties in with pubs as well, but people have been meeting around this time of year to share food and warmth for thousands of years and it's a it's very much a it's a pre father christmas it's a pre christian it sort of goes right back to our very roots so in times of darkness and cold and not a lot of food growing we uh, sort of share our resources and um meet up and have a bit of community knocking around in the in the short days and i you know i think it's it, it's there is magic in that and it and you're absolutely right it's the magic of other people um, talk me through your sort of, I mean, we made your dream pub, but what would be your dream drink schedule for a Christmas day? Cause I'm, <laughs> I'm guessing you don't start with a sort of an 8% stout at, at, when you're opening I don't, presents. No, I don't generally. I do have the drink that I generally start with right here. So, um, so I know a lot of people start with, uh, Buck's Fizz. Obviously I don't because I love my beer more. Um, this is an amazing drink, Stiegel's Grapefruit Rattler. Ooh. I absolutely love it. So it's uh, 2%, yeah, 2% ABV. Um, I mean, people often think, oh, Rattler, that's that's for the summer days. That's for hot summer days sitting in beer gardens. No, I think it's Christmas morning, opening your presents. Put that in a champagne flute. So one can goes a long way. Um, and and it's I think it's the perfect uh alternative to yeah. to Buck's Fizz, getting some kind of rattler, either grapefruit or orange rattler, whatever you're into. Um, if you're feeling particularly festive, you can drop a little drop of elderflower, um, elderflower cure into that as well. So that kind of uh, oomphs it up a bit. But that in a champagne flute is, is just lovely. And great. at 2%, nobody's going to be falling into the Christmas tree mm. that early. You know, whoever's supposed to make dinner will still be making dinner. Um, yeah, that's that's my top tip for Christmas morning is a Radler. Stiegel is a really nice lager, isn't it? And I've only ever seen it in that chain of restaurants, Meat Liquor, 
in London. Okay. They always have Stiegel on tap, which I like a lot. Being uh, a vegan, I've never been there. Yeah, sure. <laughs> oh, they do, I think they do have vegan options, I'm pretty sure. It's got meat in the name. It I does, just, yes. Just, yeah. I gloss over that. Yeah, yeah. but um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a fine Pilsner. So does it have that quality where it ta- it's got, uh, is it P- Pilsner-y? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yes. Yeah, I think it's. I, I like their beers. I like all, all the Stiegel beers I've had. Um, so yeah, it's got it's got a nice nice lager quality as well as this this uh, this grapefruit juice as well. I th- I think I just think it's lovely. Mm. Real refresher. Really sparks up your palate. Goes well with you know after a cup of black coffee as well. I'm just wondering, could you, has anyone ever made a shandy out of lager and champagne? Would that work? Because that might be quite a nice that Christmas work. morning That, would, that sounds festive, doesn't it? Does it does sound quite yeah, festive. Yeah. Might, be, might also be awful. Guinness and champagne is, is the black velvet is Guinness Yes, and Guinness champagne. and champagne, yeah. Yes, that's quite nice. You're supposed to have that with oysters, aren't you? Well... Shall we taste our first beer? Um, I am uh, sans cans this Christmas, so I've got some non-alcoholic beers uh, to represent everyone who's maybe uh, on the wagon. That's I always mm-hmm. get them mixed up. Is it on the wagon? Yes, on, it, is, yeah. it is on the wagon. <laughs> um, and my, uh, I'm gonna, I'll kick things off with what I might like quite like in a Christmas morning, which I've got three beers and I've got one sort of mixer. And this is called, I don't know if you heard it, Gunner. Oh, I don't know that one. It's by a company called Saint. Now, I only know Gunners, as it's referred to, as a post-golf drink. And it's half ginger beer, half ginger ale and bitters. And it's so refreshing. But um, there is a company that sort of make a a pre-mixed version. And um, it's got a gingery taste. I'm not actually sure. It actually contains any ginger, but it's got sparkling water, lemon juice, a bit of grape juice, bitters, um, and some natural fla- fra- flavouring. So I'm going to open that up, pour a bit out. And it's... Um, I thought we could mark all of our drinks on, in three criteria, mm. which is on the nose, on the palate, and on the soul. <laughs> so. Liking it, liking it. Oh, it's a nice bright sort of orangey colour, isn't it? Yes, the Gunners is sort of a almost rusty orange colour. And um, on the nose, it smells like uh, sort of, if you can imagine, a ginger ale with lemon. Um, it's got a hint of like almost a Negroni smell. Mm. Like bitter notes. Yeah, but it, I don't like that sort of Negroni, very, very astringently bitter taste. I'll give this a go. Mm, it's got enough of that. What is the what is the technical term for what makes a Negroni? What is that? Is it just bitterness? There is a lot of bitterness in it, isn't there? It's that sort of citrus peely bitterness, and it's got a touch of that, but I think there's more sugar in this. So, and what percentage are we talking here then? Oh, zero. This is this is a soft drink, right? Oh, I see. Um, And. if you if you like the idea of a Negroni but feel it's too grown up for your palate, I would recommend Gunner by Saint. Um, it comes in a sort of a cream can with a red stripe on it, um, and that would make for those who aren't drinking a very nice soft drink. But for those who are drinking, I think this would go really well with rum or mm. with whiskey. Mm. Mm. Oh yes, that would be lovely with whiskey. I think, wouldn't it? Like a. Um, Make a little whiskey mac type yes, thing. Yes, exactly. Mm. 
Um, so I'm going to give that on on the nose out of five. I'm giving that a I'm giving that a four on the palette. I've got to say I'm giving it a five, and on the soul, <laughs> I'm giving it a three. Very nice on the soul. So Emma, should we do one together? Because I've got yeah. A, we, I think we've got a couple of the same ones here. Which one would you like to try? Yeah, shall we go with the um, with the super happy to start with super happy Christmas? Oh, one question I was going to ask about beer tasting, Emma. Is there any sort of food or drink you avoid in, say, the hour before doing a judging because it messes? Because I was thinking oh, I'll have a coffee before we start tasting, and then I thought, no, actually, that might get in the, get in the old taste buds. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I wouldn't drink coffee before beer tasting. It definitely does mess up your palate a bit, however much I love a coffee. Um, anything sort of spicy or full-flavoured really can really sort of linger a bit. Um, so, yeah, I try and eat fairly bland before. But, um, you know, I think the good thing about beer is is it really does, uh, you know, it can really cut across your palate so mm. and refresh your palate very well, better than any other drink, I would say. And also, contra- contrarily to that, uh, if that's the right phrase, but is there anything that you can eat that actually makes it you taste the beer more because sometimes i find that if you have something sweet and then have a beer which might be bitter you can you can feel the contrasts more yes yeah so contrast is a big part of beer and food matching as well so um that kind of yeah so offsetting something uh you know yeah very very sweet with something um maybe i don't know uh a, a, you know a belgian sour beer or something like that like a rich chocolate gatto and a belgian sour or something that that might be quite quite a nice combination with a with a, a real contrast um and i suppose and um and then this sort of complementing you can find flavors that sort of complement each other as well um but some things can kind of ramp up say the bitterness i think if you if you're eating something very spicy i believe that can ramp up the bitterness in whatever you're drinking so you might not want to do that sort of thing because it might everything might become very bitter and very spicy, um, which is why, you know, perhaps a lager might be really good with very spicy curry or something like that, or chilli. I can vouch um, vouch for that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> you want something more cleansing and refreshing, yeah. I guess, than a, than a massive super hopped IPA or something, mm. yeah. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. (laughs) 
so what are you guys tasting first? Well, yeah, let's go for this uh, cloud water super hoppy Christmas, which, um, I mean, you couldn't get a more festive can. Mm, yeah. It's beautiful, uh, isn't it? Yeah, right. it's really nice. It's really pretty. It's kind of got, it looks like looking into a Christmas tree with bits of orange and pine cones and red berries. I mean, it's yeah, it's lovely. Yeah. It's a version of the, um, they do a beer called Super Happy, Pale Ale called Super Happy. This is a Christmassy version of it uh, with orange and pine. Wow. I've not had this before. Oh, nice. And so Cloudwater are based in Manchester. Yeah. Yeah, they're based up in Manchester. Um, you know, a really, really lovely brewery. Um, very skilled. They're one of those breweries that I just would instinctively trust. Mm-hmm. That if they've gone to the lengths of making a beer, it's going to have value, whether it's my type of beer or not. Yeah, I agree. I agree whether it's your type of beer or not. And, um, uh, you know, I think this is, uh, I believe this is a New England style hazy beer, which Cloudwater are very good at. Um, I think, uh, you know, over the over the years uh, since Cloudwater has started up, there's been in some parts of the industry a little bit of a race to the bottom in terms of New England hazy pails. You know, people suddenly latched onto them and then breweries started making them in great quantities. And, and some of them, I think, are, um, you know, perhaps not as flavoursome or as, as interesting or as well-structured as, as I'd like anyway. Uh, but Cloudwater, I would always trust uh, their beers that, that that they're sound, like you say, they're a name to trust. They, um, I think they make they do what what they do. They do extremely well. When you say yeah, the yeah. race to the bottom, do you mean that they're almost becoming too flavor like flavorful, like they're knocking your head off with the kind of sort of more that they're becoming more too for me anyway, um, like drinking a juice, right? Like drinking a sweet hazy juice. I find it hard sometimes to finish a pint of one mm. um, because it, it's too sweet. There's no structure to it. There's no sort of uh, layers to it or depth to it. Um, uh, I mean, you, you know, I think I think I just remember when um, sort of people first started going out again after after the horror that we maybe shall not mention. <laughs> but uh, uh, and I, just, I remember going to bars and seeing, you know, maybe maybe they'd have five IPAs on. And I think, oh, God, what have you got? A brilliant amount outside. I can choose choose something. And it'd be sort of five of the same kind of, oh, it's a, it's a fruity, hazy beer. Mm. And people would be, you know, knocking back pints of them, you know, and, and don't get me wrong, if people like a beer, that's brilliant. Um, but for me, sometimes I just want a bit more depth, a bit more structure, a bit of, a bit of uh, you know, nice mouthfeel and, you know, perhaps a little bit of uptick of bitterness at the end, something to kind of hold it all together, not just drinking pints of of a juice, mm. really, that I, I just find quite difficult to, yeah. to have. And I, I, what, what George Egg called the gone-off orange juice smell. <laughs> you know yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes it looks like a gone-off yeah. orange juice. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, is this a Barocca or is it a... Uh, is it a so you've never a, tried... A nice beer? You've never tried so this I've never one. tried this, no. Okay. Anyway, yeah. Right. I've got my beer hawk glass here. So remember, Rob, we, we want it on the nose first. Oh, yeah, on the nose. Mm. This is a lot of fun. <laughs> oh. Mm. There's some orangey, definitely some orangey notes on there. I'd say like that, um, that kind of dried orangey thing that you have at Christmas, you know, that, that we yeah. don't actually eat them. Don't eat them. But those kind of, you get those wedges oh, yeah. of dried orange. Like you'd sort have of, yeah. sort of in a potpourri type Yeah, that thing. kind of thing, yeah. Rob, what's on your nose? Well, I, you know, I think... I can get the orange thing. I wonder almost something similar to what you were describing with that 
Negroni sort of smell even, where it's almost got a spicy quality to it as well. Very, very subtle, that though, but definitely can smell the orange. What should I be doing for the for the the, the testing? Jaeger Wise said to put your hand over it and yeah, put your hand, give it a swirl, get some get some notes out of it, and you can do some long sniffs, but you can also do like a couple of kind of flybys where you just wipe it. Well, don't wipe it. Waft <laughs> it past waft it past your nose, and just see what see what comes up really. And um, I always think it's you know sometimes. Um, I think initially when I started out in beer, I sometimes got a little bit um, uh, maybe intimidated by people who seem to always come up with the right words mm. or always seem to find the right flavours in there. And then someone gave me some really good advice that um, that just, you know, your nose, your, your, your sense of smell is very, very linked to memory. So kind of let your memories go. Just think what it re might remind you of. And, and sometimes that that can lead to um, a better description of what it smells like or tastes like, really. So, you know, you might say, oh, God, there's something something about it that reminds me of my grandmother's sideboard. I don't know why, <laughs> you know. And then you might find that that's, I don't know, you might trace that back. Well, what was that about? Oh, she always used to keep, I don't know, the beeswax polish on it. Or mm. maybe, you know, it had, uh, she kept her coffee in there. Or I don't know, there was there's something that you can maybe trace back that, yeah. You don't think, well, maybe it just does smell like your grandmother's sideboard. Yeah. You know, you know. <laughs> wow, I'm racking back, racking my brains, going back in my memory. I'm, you know, I'm thinking beer, I'm thinking pubs. <laughs> 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 I just think it's got a very, very clean smell there. Mm. You know, it's, it, feels, it smells very fresh. And maybe that's the pininess. Yeah, mm. maybe that's the, we do associate pine sometimes with cleanliness, don't we? Um, so should we go for the, the taste let's here? Let's go for it. Mmm. That's got a that's that's um that's got a kind of perfumed mm. taste going on there. So I think that yeah, that oranginess and the, the pininess. I think it's There's something very festive in there. I can't put it's really festive, isn't it? Yeah. And also the the carbonation is almost kind of uh, verging on the champagne like, isn't it? Mm. I don't know if that's the prickles of carbonation or the the pine as well, making it feel very. Um, that's what it. There's that. It, it's very that, tingly on the tongue. There's that very woody quality to it. Mm. I can, yeah. Yeah, really woody, and it leaves you with that woody quality, really dry. Mm. Really easy to take another sip because it absolutely dries your mouth. Yeah, Emma, I think we're seeing the birth of one of the great beer tasters here. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think we are. <laughs> and just to remind everyone, you can find out all about Emma's uh, writing, all of her tastings, um, videos, brewing, blogs, events, and everything at fermentationonline.com, uh, which I have to say is a really neat website. I really, I really like a well put together website. Oh, thank you. Uh, fonts are good. Layout is good. <laughs> it's not too busy. Uh, it, it's just classy. I love that. Um, and it's well worth reading uh, some of Emma's articles, which are up on there, because you know the way you write about beer and pubs is just absolutely fantastic. And um, oh, thank you. It really brings a lot to the, the world of journalism um, about, uh, about beer and drinking. 
And uh, I think maybe I'll... Shall I try another one while you guys get to grips with your... Oh, no, we need scores, so... Oh, oh scores, yeah. yeah. On the nose from Emma, please, for the uh, Cloudwater Super Hoppy Christmas. I'm going to go... A four on the nose. Four on the nose. Robin, mm-hmm. on the nose, please. I'll have five on the nose. Five like on the nose, yeah. Robin. Excellent, yeah. On the palate, Robin. You've, you've talked well, about the woodiness, the perfume. The palate, I would go for a three, I think, actually. Yeah. Because it's it's a, it's a is that kind of strange? I feel like uh, Amanda in, in The Traitors, where she sort of... No one can quite read her because of her decisions, you know. <laughs> So it doesn't live up to the aroma for you. Kind of. It, well, it, the, the taste, the palate is so unusual. I think that I'm not sure I could drink like loads of it. But that 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 yeah. So it's it's kind is that of, your criteria? Yeah, I was just about to say <laughs> that's such a great reason to mark a beer down. I'm not I'm sure not... I could have eight pints of this. <laughs> oh no! It's just it's so it's so unusual. I'm just I'm I'm on the fence about it, which is that's like okay. That's yeah. okay. That's not a criticism. It's just you know it's a subjective palate rating. Uh, so a three from Robin. What about you, Emma? I'm going to go for a four four on the uh, palate as well. I think um, I know what you mean about. I think it's very drying, and I think there's some bitterness bitterness there. But I quite like that. Mm. And I'm I'm wondering this could also go in a champagne glass on Christmas morning, actually, with that kind of oranginess and. Sitting around the Christmas tree, you wouldn't be able to distinguish what was coming off your tree and your satsuma in your stocking from what was coming out of your glass. I think um, bit good beer in a champagne flute is a very nice shout, actually, um, yeah. especially if it's strong. How strong is this? It is a 5.4, isn't it? 5.3. Okay, well, that's not going to blast you into space. 5.3, so... Yeah. And finally on the sole, and I think we do need to take into account the, the artwork on the can for this, because mm. it does look, yeah. it's all part of the package. It does look very impressive. I think, given it's Christmas, I think it's a five on it's the sole, isn't it? five on the sole. I go for a four, is, yeah. four on the, the sole. That's an under-tree one. And four <laughs> on the sole from Robin. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm a bit Scrooge, Scrooge-like. Yeah. Sorry about that. I need to be visited by some ghosts. <laughs> People normally call me Emma Grinch, <laughs> but it's, it's you. 13 out of 15 for Emma there, so very high rating, and uh, 12 uh, for Robin out of 15. I am going to have a drop of um, Big Drop Brewing Company's Galactic Milk Stout. Oh, very Ooh, nice. Lala. And I think this would be a lovely uh, Christmas tipple. It's in a, a 330ml can. Um, and I should say this is 0.5%, uh, but to it's quite interesting with the the 0.5 versus the 0.0 because 0.5 you can't call it. Well, this does say alcohol free, um, but in some countries you would have to call that low alcohol, wouldn't you? Yeah. So there's guidance around uh, low and no. So um, you know, strictly speaking. You know, 0.5 in would be classed, as you say, as as um, low alcohol or de-alkalized. I think low alcohol is anything under two point something, two point one maybe. Um, so it would be. So there is. It, it creates a lot of confusion actually, because a lot of con- um, beers from other countries can say that they're non-alcoholic. I mean, 0.5 percent. Um, you know, is about can be about the same amount of alcohol that you can get in a ripe banana yep. or a glass of orange juice or even a burger roll. Um, wow. You know, it's it's such a low amount. And uh, you'd have to, you, 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 there's no way you could get drunk on it. There's been all sorts of 
unless you, you know, unless there's something medically wrong with you, I guess. But, uh, um, you know, even if you drank can after can, your body would be processing that. So there um, has been a lot of research around that. Yeah, I think there was a guy who drank 30, uh, 0.5% beers and blew zero on a breathalyzer. Mm, yeah. But also when it says 05 that means never more than that. So it may actually be yes. quite significantly under that. It could be, yes. Uh, yeah. But there are all sorts of reasons why people might not want to drink 0.5%. Of course, of course. Yeah, there are reasons. And, you know, there are reasons why people wouldn't want that trigger or, um, you know, emotionally in their, in their lives. So. But here we go. It says on the can, and Big Drop have made a real, um, a real dent into the... Uh, Mm. Uh, non-alcoholic market they do some fantastic beers but it says forget really do. forget the notion that this is a beer style that has had its day instead think of it as a honeycomb covered in chocolate because that's exactly what it tastes like rich unctuous and absolutely decadent treat of a beer and um uh, i'm gonna it's it's the hops it says bramling cross mm-hmm. do you know anything about the bramling cross hop yeah that's a good british british hop and uh, it often has uh, it's really good for for stouts and porters, and it often has um, uh, uh, some some kind of elements of um, blackcurrant, which Ooh. often come through in uh, in stouts and porters. Uh, so I'm going to check this out on the nose. Now I'm trying to think of your advice, mm-hmm. but I'm worried that the the thing I'm going to say doesn't sound very um, appealing. It, it smells like. When you've been holding coins in your hand for a long time. Ooh, okay. Yeah, you know, that's okay. just metallic. And I think that's the sort of slightly burnt flavour of the of the stout. So I'm getting like burnt, light light smell of coffee. Mm-hmm. Like if you'd put quite a weak black coffee in the fridge. Yeah. A little bit of sort of sugar. Not ple- not unpleasant. Not not really big punchy on the nose. But here we go on the old palate. Mm-hmm. Ooh, it's very nice. It's I tell you what, if you put that over ice and gave that to someone and told them it was a cold brew mm. coffee, they, ah. it's really nice. How does it compare to your, your Guinness Zeros? Is it a different ballpark? It's a different ballpark. There's a lot more flavour going on there, and the like it. Like actually, it's said on the can, the initial taste is sort of burnt coffee, dark chocolate. But on the once it sort of begin that begins to fade, you do get this sweetness, the the honeycomb. Mm. You know when you have a proper honeycomb, not like a crunchy bar, but like when you get some and there are little slightly burnt bits around the edges mm. or slightly nice. Well done, yeah, oh, that's superb. Yeah, it's a really good beer. That really good, and they were one of the first to kind of produce a. Uh, um, alcohol-free stout. It's, it's not easy to get those flavours, and um, I think they they do it really, really well. The burnty, chocolatey bit, the punch of that is is hiding the lack of alcohol, mm-hmm. so it doesn't taste watery in any way. Yeah, um, oh, I'm a big fan of that. And I think the lactose does that as well. The the mil- the milkness of the milk stout that uh, gives it body as well. Mm. That's a, um, a sugar that won't ferment. So. It gives it that sweetness and and a bit more body too. So it, I, th- I think that that the big drop use that very effectively in their beers. Yeah. Well, I'm going to give that on the nose. I'm going to give it a three. On the palate, I'm giving it another five. And on the soul, I'm I'm giving that a five on the soul. Wow. Yeah. Big scores. Really, really nice. So you think? Uh, so it it really surprised you after your initial sniff. 
Yeah. After the initial sniff, it's just, it really opens out lots of stuff going on and lots to enjoy and not to, because I think if you, if I'd had a similar type of alcoholic stout in a pub, I, I would sort of perhaps have recoiled at the bitterness a bit too much, whereas so it's quite soft. Well, I think what we should do, uh, because otherwise our Christmas party is going to run on far too long into the yeah. night, <laughs> is um, we'll taste another beer in the second half. And Emma has very kindly agreed to join us behind the cellar door. And that's the bonus podcast that uh, you can access by subscribing via Patreon. Now, we've never actually had a guest uh, behind the cellar door. So we're looking forward uh, to chatting to Emma about what's been going on in uh, in her world, in the beer world, in the brewing world uh, over the last 18 months or so. So we can taste a couple of beers down there as well. So as tradition holds, Robin, will you take us into the break with a, a festive Moon Underwater pub quiz, please? Okay, everybody, pens out, eyes down. It's time for the quiz. He played for Zimbabwe, but he was born in South Africa. I know Alaska is bigger. That wasn't the question. Put your phone away. Right, Michael Jackson's Funky Monkey have been deducted five points. Thanks, John. It's the Moon Underwater pub quiz, and this week it's a ho-ho-ho Christmassy quiz, as I ask questions about people who were born on Christmas Day. Oh. I will list three famous or notable people who were all born on Christmas Day, and you have to try and guess in which year they were born, and the closest one wins. How's that sound? Very good. Very good. Cool. So, question one. Annie Lennox. Annie Lennox. Annie Lennox. Annie Lennox is question one. Question two. Isaac Newton. Isaac Newton is two. And number three is Humphrey Bogart. All born on Christmas Day. But in which year? You know that uh, Christmas Day is the day on which there are least births. Is that right? Yeah. Why is, why is that? Uh, and I think, obviously, it's because people tend to try and hold things off or speed things up because they don't want to uh, have... <laughs> well, just hold it in. Well, I, I do think that that must play into it. You know, This is a technical term. <laughs> for some reason, people don't want it to be bang on Christmas Day. Um but yeah, I th- and then I think the... I suppose there's no planned births on Christmas Day either in terms of... Yes, that you wouldn't induce, induce a, or, yeah, on mm. Christmas Day. Yeah. And I think the second least uh, um, frequent birthday is the 1st of Jan. Hmm. But yeah, it's probably something to do with the bank holidays, actually. Uh, yeah, great cues, Robin. Thank you very much for that. And we will uh, come back to more merriment, more festivity uh, alongside the enormous bauble within the moon underwater in part two. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10 year, 100,000 mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.